Hi, I'm Bill Sink from Faith Presbyterian Church. I am here with my wife, Melissa. We would like to thank you for joining us for today's sermon. We encourage you to listen in and also to hop over to iHeartRadio, YouTube, or Rumble to listen to more messages during your week. We hope you enjoyed today's sermon. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. When you think of villains, who comes to your mind? Maybe it's Ned Pepper from True Grit or Professor Moriarty from Sherlock Holmes. Some of the best villains of all time are in the Batman series, and you might think of people like the Joker, the Penguin, the Riddler, or Catwoman. Some of my favorite villains growing up were Skeletor and Cobra Commander and Megatron. But truth be told, to say they're my favorites is kind of a stretch. I honestly just enjoyed watching the good guys pulverize them. When I think of what made them all bad guys, it was pretty clear. They openly celebrated evil. In fact, they would say things along the lines, and evil will rule the world, or something like, I am on a quest to destroy all peace and happiness. You know, it's those sorts of things that made it obvious that they were the bad guy. Some of the most notorious bad guys of all time are in big time wrestling. And all you got to do is look at their names to get the idea of who they are. For instance, The Undertaker, or Macho Man, or Sergeant Slaughter. Those names make it very clear who their character is supposed to be. Today, we've managed to blur the lines between good and evil. And it is reflected in our culture. The bad guys are portrayed as having good intentions. For instance, I came across a show a while back where the main character intentionally became a villain for the sake of liberating his country and protecting his blind sister. In another movie, there is this villain who wants to eliminate a, a significant portion of the universe's population because there are too many life forms within its boundaries for it to sustain life without significant suffering. In one of my favorite movies, there's a villain who wants to eliminate the majority of mankind for the sake of saving the world and preventing a mass extinction event. The villains of today do evil things, and yet their motivations are portrayed as understandable. They were designed to make you think, well, maybe the ends do justify the means. Little by little, our culture chips away at the divide between good and evil until what is evil becomes what is good and what is good becomes what is evil. Back in the 90s, a popular political commentator put it this way. When you think about it, the amount of crime we tolerate in this society is unbelievable. The way we approach the rights of accused criminals has changed so much over the past 25 years that if the same changes had taken place drastically overnight, I am convinced the people wouldn't have put up with it. But it took place gradually. Every so often, the Supreme Court rules and society grants all kinds of new rights to criminals, and with each ruling, there is increasingly less concern for crime victims, victims' families, and 
potential victims. It confirms the warning of the Apostle Paul who said, But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. Now I had to pause after reading these verses. They say an awful lot. In fact, I could do a sermon on each one of these wicked attitudes. When I rattled them off just now, you probably nodded your head in agreement with quite a few of them. Boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, conceited. Those all sound like bad things. And I can't tell you how prevalent they are in our culture. But what shook me to the core were the last two attitudes that Paul mentioned. You see, we have a saying in our day. You're probably familiar with it. Whatever makes you feel happy. You've heard that, right? Whatever makes you feel happy. Look at what Paul mentions in his list right after the word conceited. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. What is Paul talking about? I think of the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. The parable opens up this way. There is a rich man who is dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Now, before long, both of these men died. And the rich man, who had gone to hell, was pleading to have Lazarus come to him and bring him relief because Lazarus was in heaven. You see, the rich man did not think he was doing anything wrong before he died. He was just eating, drinking, and making merry. For all we know, he could have been a priest. He could have been a rabbi or another prominent figure within the religious community. To everyone else, he may have looked holy, happy, and blessed. But Lazarus was at his gate dying. The rich man wasn't hurting anyone, but he wasn't helping anyone either. Earlier this week, I heard a sermon by Pastor Alistair Begg on the Golden Rule. He asserted that the Golden Rule actually was something that was taught even before Jesus had taught about it. But it was taught differently. This is how other people taught the Golden Rule. They would say, do not do to others what you would not want them to do to you. Did you get that? Do not do to others what you would not want them to do to you. 
Jesus taught, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That is actually different, isn't it? What would the rich man have wanted if he was the poor beggar at the gate? Well, to have someone throw him some food or give him some shelter. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 4 and 5 read, Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. We feel that we are the most blessed when we are happy, safe, and enjoying life in front of our television with a big bowl of popcorn, watching the six Lord of the Rings movies back-to-back over a span of seven days. I would feel pretty good about myself if I was able to do that. And I'm not condemning anyone. Who does? Nonetheless, it is frightening when you consider the implications of 2 Timothy chapter 3. It is wise to look at ourselves in the mirror sometimes. We need to ask, am I really believing Jesus? Am I really living as he said? Do I love my neighbor as myself? One of the most haunting verses in the Bible is in the book of Genesis, chapter 8, verse 21. It comes immediately after the great flood, and Noah had just made a sacrifice to the Lord, and in response, God makes a covenant with him, saying this, Never again will I curse the ground because of man, even though every inclination of his heart is evil from childhood. Every inclination of mankind's heart is evil even from childhood. It reminds me of Jeremiah 17.9, which says, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? You should be asking yourself some important questions right now. Do I recognize my own wickedness? Do my thoughts agree with God's thoughts? Do I recognize my need for God? We are hopelessly lost beyond God's mercy. That was why Jesus came. That was why he took our sins away. We were the bad guys. But God in his great mercy did not execute his wrath upon us. If you have faith in Jesus, God has taken hold of your heart. You and I are still works in progress. We are not good on our own. So let's let God transform us. You stepped into the light. And this is what John chapter 3 verse 21 says. Whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. I'd like to thank you for joining me for today's message. Again, my name is Bill Sang from Faith Presbyterian Church. We'd like to invite you to join us on Sunday mornings at 1030 for our worship service. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe.